Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Woohoo! Welcome to today's show. Hawaii, aloha, and San Diego, what's up? Here we go. Today is going to be an incredible day. And before we start, I just want you to know that God is good and he's good all the time. And you can always expect him to do the miraculous because we serve an awesome God. Today may be the day where God answers your prayer and you will be blessed beyond anything you can imagine or have ever thought. So without further ado, today we're going to be introducing to you the book of Isaiah. It's going to be a journey and we're going to go through all 66 chapters chapter by chapter, verse upon verse, and it's going to be incredible. But today I have a really amazing guest. Uh, I love her with my whole heart. She's always been special. She's like the apple of my eye, and her name is Bella Riojas. She is my daughter, Bella Cleta Riojas. Bella, how are you? Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? And then we're going to do some Q&A. How's that? Okay. Um, well, yeah, my name is Bella Riojas. Um, I live in Oceanside. And... How old are you? I'm 12. <laughs> 12 years old. Amen. So, Bella, I, I, I want to start off with a really simple question. And I usually ask all of our guests here... And I thank you for being on the show. I I, I just, uh, you're amazing. When I asked you to come on, you had no problem and, and said, yes, I will do it. And But you wanted some money, so I don't know about the money part. <laughs> I was kidding. You were kidding. Thank <laughs> you. So let me ask you, when did you give your life to the Lord, Bella? When I was four years old. Four years old. And what kind of drove you or or, or what happened in your mind that you said, I need Jesus? Well, um, I've been going to church, and I saw that everyone was a Christian, and I kind of wanted to be one, too. Amen. You wanted what the rest of the people wanted. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and that's Jesus. That's Jesus that you wanted inside of your life. And, and I remember the day you accepted Jesus. You, we prayed, and you asked him into your heart, and it's been a phenomenal journey since. You know, we have videos and of you when you were small, and whenever we decided, whenever we would go to church, you would always uh, be happy and jubilant, and it was amazing. So here, what, let me ask you a question. You're 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been eight years since you've uh, uh, given your life to the Lord. Um, how has that journey been for you? Has it been a good journey, a bad journey? Has it been exciting? Or, or Tell us a little bit about that. It's been a great journey. I've learned a lot in the Bible the past eight years, and it's just wonderful. Amen. So tell me one thing. Um, you've learned a lot from the Bible. Um, you know the Bible pretty well. You've been reading it. You read a lot. Um, you go to a Christian school, and, and everything is amazing for you. So what's your favorite passage in the Bible? What's your favorite verse? Revelation 21.4. What does that say? Do you know what it says? I have most of it memorized. Okay, let me see. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more pain, no more death, and no more sorrow. For the former things have passed away, and he's brought newness of life. Wow, that's amazing. Why do you like that verse? Tell me. Well, it's because there's like a lot of people hurting in the world, and um, if they're Christians, they will go to heaven, and all their hurt will go away, and they'll be happy. Wow, that's awesome. I love that. 
That act that's actually a good verse, um, especially for you because it's it's your favorite. Now, one of the things that I love about you is that you know, when you started your journey, you started you've always liked children. And when you were like four, you would also help with the little babies and once you gave your life to the Lord and you'd always uh go hold them and everything and and what's one of the things that you do every single night when we pray as a family? I pray for the babies, the unborn, that um, they wouldn't get aborted. Amen. Because that's, that's killing of a, of a baby. Mm-hmm. Now, when you pray for a baby, uh, what do you pray for? What do you ask God? I pray that um, God would change the mother's mind and that if they already got aborted, they'd be having a fun and amazing time in heaven. <laughs> Amen. I hear you say that every night. And you mean that with your whole heart, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's awesome, Bella. Your little sister, Talia, is also a Christian. When did she give her life to the Lord? Three. Three years old. Wow. <laughs> because she had an example, and that was you. Yeah. So um, you've had this amazing little journey. Um when we go to the, uh, 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 the the abortion clinics, we do it in a loving way. We're not yelling at anybody. We're actually praying for people, and and we're hoping that God changes your heart. Um, what do you do when we go there? Well, I listen to everyone, what they're saying, and I pray a little prayer for, for them myself. Amen. And, and what's your little prayer? What are you, the same like, thing? Yeah. That God would change the mother's uh, mind mm-hmm. since they're going to— uh, to to kill their baby, right? Yeah. Wow, thank you, Bella. That's that's amazing. And you've been doing that ever since you you gave your life to the Lord. You've been pretty amazing and praying for all of these children that that are being slaughtered literally. And you know, thank God for Roe uh, Roe versus Wade, and thank God that it got overturned in the United States Supreme Court. So we no longer, as a nation, um, as a nation, um, kill our babies, but there's still a lot of states that do. You know, California leading the way with, you know, up to almost birth before they, they comes out of the womb, and and that's horrific. That's that's not good at all. And I know that God is not pleased because that's a human baby in in the womb. Um, you go, you're, you've been homeschooled. I mean, you used to go to a charter school. For a long time, um, up until you were in third grade or second grade? Um, I believe third grade. Third grade. And then um, once you started going um, uh, to, you ended your little tenure with with your charter school. What did you do after that? I mean, um, you started going to uh, a homeschool, an educational center. And what do you think of that? It's amazing. I love all my friends. So, just, yeah. so you like all your friends and the education is good. You're not getting bombarded by mm-hmm. what the world believes, by what California and our governor is pushing right now with with the transgender movement and the madness and open abortion now. And they don't even have to tell your parents anymore. But praise God. Um, tell me a little bit about some of your friends. I, I know you have some close friends. Um, tell me a little bit about a few of your friends. Pick one right now. Okay. Well, Lila, she's really funny and like she cheers you up a lot and she's very like, <laughs> what's that word? Um, like she cheers you on. So she's like a, a just an amazing girl. Yeah. She makes sure that uh that she's encouraging you and and just doing good things. Mm-hmm. Tell, uh another friend, another one of your friends. Melody. So tell me a little bit about Melody. She's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> she says the funniest things and um she goes to church with me too. Amen. So Melody's kind of special because you guys sing on the uh on the midweek worship service. And how is that? You guys have been doing that for, is it two years now? Yeah, I believe so. Two years. And how many how many children are on the worship team? Let's say we have Melody, 
Nikolai, Talia, and Asher, and Lieni, our music teacher. So about five people. Five people. That's pretty amazing. So uh, Melody, what does she do? What is she? She's part of the worship team. What does she um, do on the team? She plays the piano and she sings with us during the songs. Oh, that's awesome. You're kind of like the lead, right? You take the lead and and uh, you sing most of the songs. You lead most of the songs, which is kind of awesome. Um, tell me another uh, another uh, friend that you have that's close to you as well. Esther, I just met her last year, um, and she's amazing. She's really funny, <laughs> and well, all of my friends are funny. <laughs> <laughs> when you meet funny, they they smile with you, they laugh with you. You guys are able to share one another's trials or whatever you're going through. Is that correct? Yeah. What do you guys, you guys are on, on, a, on an app that you guys all, uh, when it's time for homework and everything, uh, you guys get together and speak about, especially your theology class. Um, what's that app that you guys are on? Band. Band. And so can everybody be there at one time? Is that what it is or what? Yeah. Is that fun? Yes. <laughs> awesome. So, okay, let me ask you a, another question. You're part of the worship team, and you guys have been doing that for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and that's a lot of fun for you because uh, you guys get to practice on Fridays, and and then you guys uh, practice before the midweek service on Wednesdays. And what church do you guys do this at? We do this at, at the cross. Woohoo! Who's the pastor there? You. At <laughs> <laughs> a real laws. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it's most kids that that uh, grow up with their dad being a pastor, and not most, but a lot of the kids end up going astray. What I mean by that, they walk away and they mess up for a long time. What helps you keep your eyes on God? Well, I guess because I just love him so much and he's a great God. He's very merciful and he helps people. Amen. That's that's a great answer. Wow. I'm going to give you like a hundred bucks after the show now. <laughs> that's amazing, <laughs> Bella. So, you know, one of the things that we've been doing as a family uh, and we do it every summer um, share with the audience what we do every summer and we, for two to three weeks. Well, we go on vacation throughout America, and we've been going to Kentucky um, where the Ark Encounter is, and like we get to learn about the Ark and stuff, and they've built a life-size Ark. Replica, right? Yeah, replica. <laughs> and, and we also go to the museum there. Yeah, the museum. I like the museum. Yeah, it's very peaceful there. Isn't it awesome? Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. One of my favorite parts at the at the museum in uh, Kentucky is the uh, uh, the dome where all the stars are at. Oh yeah, that's amazing. Is that amazing? Yeah. You sit in there, you get to see all the whole universe or most of the universe because the closer they think they've got it, the farther away <laughs> there's still billions of stars, and they now know that what they used to think were these these faint stars that were really far away when they, now they know that there's billions of more stars in these faint stars. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's awesome, right? So there's 50 states in America. How many states have you gone to? 48. 48 states. What's your favorite state? My favorite state is probably North Dakota. North Dakota or South Dakota? South Dakota, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> why, why South Dakota? I, and the reason I said North Dakota, because I'm looking you at you and I'm thinking, it's not North Dakota. Why is it South Dakota? Well, because the National Monument's there and it's really peaceful. There's a bunch of forest and, yeah. <laughs> Deer all over the place. Yeah. Remember that one time we went that was really special and remember that cow got away from its corral <laughs> And then we called the people, and then what happened next? Then a cowboy came and got the cow. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So you see the cowboy coming in from a little mountain, and he's riding down on his horse. Remember that? Yeah, that was amazing. Wasn't that kind of cool? <laughs> so we're, our family does something really special with, 
with our pets. What do we do with our pets when it comes to vacation? What do they do? We bring them. <laughs> we bring them with us. And, and that's kind of cool, right? Yeah. Tell me why you like us bringing the pets. Because I love them. They're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so you're an animal person. You you like animals. I love animals. That's awesome. What's your dog's name? Joy. And and what kind of dog is Joy? She's a golden retriever. A golden retriever. What about your sister, Talia? What what kind of dog does she have? She has a German Shepherd. A German Shepherd. But they're kind of like both of your dogs because you both get along with them, right? Yes. That's awesome. So outside of South Dakota, um, do you have another state that you like? To, and and uh, outside of – because you already like Kentucky because of the Ark Encounter, the full-size – Arc that is there by Ken Ham and the museum. Um, the, uh, so that's one of your one of the states. And one of the reasons we like it is because it has these uh, theme parks there. Um, and South Dakota, the National Monument. What's what's another uh, state that you like? Probably. Hmm. I guess South Carolina. You like South Carolina? Yeah. Wow. Why South Carolina? Well, the beach is really pretty. They have, like, plants on the beach. I don't know what they're called, but they're, like, make the beach really pretty. Yeah, they they grow on the sand. Isn't that yeah. amazing? And the beaches are long. They have tons of sand. Yeah. Uh, remember uh, one year when we went to South uh, uh, Carolina and we were staying at that one place. And what happened with our with our dogs? Uh, they escaped. <laughs> <laughs> they escaped. They got out, huh? Yeah. And we came back and I literally thought that somebody let let him out. So I remember we hung out to see why and Rex, the German shepherd was opening the door. <laughs> this guy was opening the door. Remember that? He that dog is is very intelligent. Yes, he is. So, let me ask you another question. Um on Sundays, you guys also do something real special and it's the last Sunday of each month. Because we have a regular worship band at our church, and they are amazing. Um, uh, our lead pastor for the uh, worship is Coach Dave Barrett, um, who still coaches the varsity baseball team at Oceanside High School. And at one time, uh, a couple of years ago, he stepped down from being the athletic director. And what's really amazing about him, he was also my uh, my football coach when I was in high school. But now he's our worship pastor, and they're awesome. But what do you guys do every last Sunday of the month? We sing. You guys lead worship. Yeah. Is that amazing or what? Yeah. Tell me why you like it, because I know you like singing, and singing is part of you, and, and it's something you love to do. Um, tell me why you like doing worship on a Sunday, and it's the last Sunday of the month. Well, I like leading people into worship. I love seeing them raise their hands and worshiping God. Oh, that is amazing, Bella. That's $200 now, girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So here, here's another question for you um, that I, I think it's really uh, uh, apro and, you know, or appropriate for now is, is you know, we also go to the to the school board meetings and you know California is 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 gone crazy. They're trying to teach our kids that boy can be a girl and a girl can be a boy and mm -hmm. and which is crazy because that's not what the Bible teaches. God created uh, a man and a woman and it's been like that forever. And so in these last days the enemy is trying to confuse and do something insane because it's always been like that. It, it, this only happened uh, back in 2016 when Mr. Obama got into office and started changing all kinds of crazy laws. And here we are now, even with Mr. Joe Biden doing the same thing. But tell me, as as a kid, because you're 12 years old, um, you're still young, how all that stuff messes with kids and how it can affect someone when you hear that. And, and it's, you know, when it's not... A biblical truth. How how does it affect kids from your standpoint of view? Well, it like it wants them like they turn away from their parents and from their guidance and like they turn to the teachers instead and 
That's not good, yeah. right? That's exactly what's happening. Our kids, our children, or children belong to their parents, not to the teachers, not to the state, not to the nation. They belong to their parents and to God. So, you know, that's that's pretty awesome, Bella. You know, that's a pretty good answer from a 12-year-old. And, and you are a blessed, a blessed person. Um, and, you know, I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that you are my daughter. And um, here's what... Here's what's pretty amazing to me is when you ever see me and mom argue, because there's times when we do, mm-hmm. you and your sister try and correct us. How does that feel correcting your parents when that happens? It feels good. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Okay, now I'm deducting $100 from that. <laughs> but that's awesome. And, and, you know, it's well appreciated because it reminds your mom and myself that we need to you know, keep it right. And even though we're not perfect and you girls know it, but we want to be better parents. And, and I, I'm just so grateful that you are my daughter. So here's a question. Cause we have a little bit of time left. Um, if there is a, a children, a, ch- a child listening right now, maybe they're even 12 years old and they're struggling. They don't know if, uh, if God really exists, uh, uh, they don't know what to believe. What would you tell them, Bella? Well, that God doesn't make a mistake. He either makes you a boy or a girl and nothing else. Wow, that's awesome. And and so what if the person says, well, I don't believe in God. What would you say to them? Well, oh, well. Oh, well, right? Because there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Yeah, we can't choice. force anybody to, to, to do anything. And it's left to the individual. So here's another uh, question. Um, you have a sister. Her, her name is Talia. Do you guys ever get into fights? <sighs> of course we do. <laughs> of course you do. But you make up, right? Yeah. And do you love your sister? Of course I do. <laughs> Amen. So here's something really cool that happened. Uh, you know, our, our producer... Also, Joe went on, you know, vacation for a little bit. Um, and so did we. We just got back. Where do we go? We went to Big Bear. And tell us your favorite part about Big Bear when we were up there. It was, well, the, fir- the first time in my life I saw it snow. And it was just coming down, huh? Yeah, it was amazing. Wasn't it beautiful? It snowed like all day. Remember that? Yeah. And it was just awesome how the ground got covered. My truck was completely covered with snow. That was awesome for me too. I've been up to like snowboarding and uh, before before I got married because you know once you get married you have to give up certain things. And but the good thing is you're at that age now, and so your next venture is going to be snowboard because you guys did something incredible on your uh, sled. What did you guys do on your sled? We stood up on our sled and um, we rode down the hill and we didn't fall. Wasn't that awesome? <laughs> yeah. And so we stayed in a really cool place because uh, the, the our driveway was was had a big steep hill and so we were able, you guys were able to do that. Yeah. Wasn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. That was amazing, right? <laughs> so here's one more question. Well, a couple questions. If a child right now is struggling about going to church, why would you tell them that it's important to go? Because it's very peaceful there. You get to go in the presence of God and listen to the message and learn a lot about the Bible. Wow. That's pretty awesome, Bella. That is amazing. If a parent, and and you know parents, you know, you have me, uh, your mother, Cleta, um, if they're struggling with their children, because their children aren't listening, what would you tell the parent? How would you tell them to treat their children? Well, talk to them, see what's going on, and be patient with them. Woo-hoo-hoo! And be patient with them. You know, that's that's a good word because that's not only a word for the listener right now, but that's a word for your mother and myself <laughs> is that, we need to be patient and we need to be able to talk to our children. You know, thank you for being on the show, Bella. And I, I want you to hang out. Well, you have no choice because I drove you here today. <laughs> um, I want you to close this out in prayer after the message. So listen, folks, we will be right back. Thank you for listening. Say goodbye. Goodbye. 
Goodbye. <laughs> Love you guys. God bless you. We'll be right back with the book of Isaiah. Woohoo! Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre K through 8th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now enrolling. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at thecrossoceanside.com. Join Women of the Word answering the unasked questions on Monday at 5 p.m. on Rumble, YouTube, and all media platforms. Women of the Word is an alliance made up of a pastor's wife and ministry leaders who understand the unique challenges faced by women in these roles. Women of the Word ministry is aimed at supporting those in the community in a variety of ministerial roles, offering insights and practical tips according to the Word of God. Listen on your favorite media platforms on Monday at 5 p.m. and visit them at wotwministry.com. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. I just had an incredible interview with my daughter, Bella Cleta Riojas, and she's amazing. It is such a privilege to be a father, and my daughter is one of the biggest advocates for life, and she is grateful that we chose to have her and that we chose life instead of death. So God bless you. Thank you for being here. Today, we are starting an incredible journey in the book of Isaiah, but I wanted to make sure I gave you a little bit of background before we start, and then we'll see how far we can get into chapter one, but Isaiah is an amazing, amazing man who served um, under several kings, and it starts right off by telling us when we when we read the word and in the verse first it says this the vision of Isaiah the son of Amos which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah under King Uzziah Jotham Ahaz and Hezekiah so he served under four kings and what i mean by that is he served god and he was an amazing prophet to the to the people of that Time. His name means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. It's an incredible mission that he had, an incredible uh, thing that he did for, for God. Tradition says that Isaiah was sawed in half, wow, under the reign of Manasseh. And so that's pretty amazing. We look at Hebrews. 1137, and the church has always looked at this verse and always believed that when it's speaking about they were sawed in half, that it's speaking about Isaiah. Not only Isaiah, there were several others that were sawn in half, but Isaiah, um, Hebrews, excuse me, Hebrews 1137 says this, they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, that means sawed in half, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. So church history, um, as well as Jewish history, um, speaks about him being sawed in half. Sawed in half. He died serving the Lord. Isn't that amazing? That is so powerful about Isaiah is that he died serving God and giving praise to the Lord. That is powerful. You know, Isaiah um, begins his ministry um, right around the year uh, 750 to 735 under Jotham, and God uses him powerfully. He brings such an incredible word. He speaks about the Assyrians, Syria. He speaks about Babylon. Um, He literally speaks about the fall of both kingdoms and how they had turned their face from God. Now, the other amazing thing about the book of Isaiah is that it's in two 
sections. And people always look at it as this because it changes tone and it changes the message. Um, And so the first chapters from chapter 1 to chapter 39 speak about God's judgment, God's exhortation. And it is amazing. The last chapters from 40 to 66 speak about Israel's restoration, about God's love, uh, about God's joy, and it just encourages the people at that time. Now, you know, a lot of the books in the Bible are controversial to a lot of people, and Isaiah is one of those books. They believe that someone different wrote from Isaiah 40 to 66, but I want to be clear that that is a lie. And that that's only happened with these new scholars in recent times. But you can get together and read the Bible on your own. And you can see similarities between the first 39 chapters and the last chapters. um, The last uh, chapters from 40 to 66. Like chapter 1, 1, 2. You'll again see it rephrased in 66, 24. Um, chapter 1, 5 to 6, again in Isaiah 53, 4 to 5. I mean, I can go on 35, 10, 51, 11. And so it goes on. The list goes on. The other amazing thing is that there are 25 Hebrew words or forms found in Isaiah that only occur in his book. And that is Awesome, and they occur in both segments, from 139 and also from 40 to 66. And what I like about him as well is that Isaiah spoke about Jesus more than anyone else. And so imagine this prophet writes um, right around, they believe he wrote his book right around the year 700, and that he writes all the way up until, um, you know, 700 years later, when Jesus is born in Bethlehem. And, and that's and that's amazing. He doesn't say Bethlehem, but he does talk about this child that is given to us. And it says, you know, for unto a child is born, unto us a child is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and the name shall be called, listen, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Powerful, you know, and his contemporaries of that time were Amos, Hosea, and Micah. And you can see similarities in their writings. Micah actually tells us about the city that he's born in Micah 5.2, and it gives us um, something powerful that that this child that was going to be born in Bethlehem was going to be from eternity. That means he's eternal, that he's always been. That is powerful. Now, Really, uh, uh, something amazing about this book, again, again, is that Isaiah saw Jesus. Woo! Isaiah saw Jesus. And how do we know that? In Isaiah chapter 6, it says this, and then I'm going to quote what John says. But look what it says. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. So what he's looking at is he's looking at the glorified Jesus. And I'll tell you why. Above it stood the seraphims. Each had six wings. Twine, he covered his face. And twine, he covered his feet. And twine, and he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy. That's the triune God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy, holy. Just as we see in Revelations 1, 13 to 7. Holy, holy, holy. And look what it says. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. And then look what Isaiah says. Then I then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen, listen, the King, the Lord of hosts. In, in Isaiah, excuse me, in um, John twelve forty one, um, it's speaking about Jesus, and you can see how it's speaking about Jesus in context because it starts from John twelve thirty seven to forty one. But in forty one, it says this: I, 
Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. He saw the glory of Jesus. Some of the older, old, older translations will say he saw his glory, but in context from 37 to 41, he's speaking about Jesus. So he saw the fully glorified Jesus. And Isaiah also had another special place in Isaiah 53. It starts in Isaiah 52 and in all of 53 where he saw the crucified Jesus. And in Isaiah 53, it's the most lengthy place in the entire Bible from Old to New Testament where it tells you that Jesus laid his life down for his people, for the iniquity of his people. It is powerful. And then, of course, Isaiah speaks about this future place, the millennial, a millennial when Christ reigns on earth. And we could see it perfectly in Isaiah chapter 11 and also in Isaiah 65 and 68. And there's other uh, 65 and chapter 66, excuse me. But it's so amazing that God used Isaiah like this. Some people, a lot of people believe that he got transported into the future, just like John. I I don't really see that. I believe that God gave them these incredible visions, but I know that John was transported because we see that in John chapter 4. But without further ado, I, I believe I've given you enough information that we can now begin to read this powerful book that has been given to us. Um, It was written 700 years at least before Jesus was born. And here we go. Without further ado, we're only going to cover a certain part of chapter one because there's no way we can cover a lot because I wanted to make sure you had a proper historical background when we start of Isaiah. But here's another nugget for you. Isaiah is the most complete book that we have that was written B.C. that we have today. And it was written on tablets of copper. Woo! And it had uh, 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 like like sheep's uh, cover on it, but it was written all in copper. And it was found in 1948 in the Dead Sea uh, it's, we call them the Dead Sea Scrolls because it was found in these caves of the Quram area. It, it's amazing. And without any fault, this book is just powerful. It's amazing. And it's going to minister to you and I. And I believe that just the words will come out. And if you're hurting, it will heal you. If you're in sin, you can be restored if you need a savior it's going to be the perfect opportunity if you want a glimpse of the future you'll see it in isaiah again isaiah chapter 1 verse 1 and here we go the vision of isaiah the son of amos which he saw concerning judah and jerusalem in the days of uzziah jotham ahaz hezekiah kings of judah now What's really amazing about this is most of these kings were backsliding kings, especially, uh, you know, Ahaz. He was bad. But Hezekiah was a really amazing man of God. That was probably the, the one of the biggest revivals up to this point that Jerusalem had ever seen since King David and Solomon. And so here we go. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, For the Lord has spoken. So here it is. Listen up. This is God speaking to you and to those people over 2,700 years ago. I have nourished and brought up children and they have rebelled against me. He's speaking about the people of Israel. He says, I nourished you. I gave you everything you had. Yet you have rebelled. And listen, there's... when we do an application, we're in the same place. We've rebelled. We've backed away. You know, there's an incredible book that's out right now, and it's it's about the American church, and it compares it to the uh, to uh, the German church, and 
it's it's amazing because what happens is that the German church stayed quiet when they were going through madness. And you guys know when Hitler rose to power, when Hitler rose up to power, the book was written by Eric Metaxas, and it's the letter to the American church. And what happened is they thought, well, we don't need to say nothing. The government's in charge. And and some of them even were putting swastikas in their churches ignorantly. They decided, well, if we follow along, they won't hurt us. And madness pursued. Millions of people died. During, and it wasn't just the six million Jews. It was all kinds of different peoples that died during this mass because mass madness because the church decided to stay quiet. Kind of like what we're going through now. You see the madness going on. You see the indoctrination of our children in the schools. You see movements like never before, transgenders, pronouns, madness, I say. You see a government that's gone rogue. You see the persecution of a, a President Trump running for president. And you see all the court cases against him. And the guy loves his country. Who the heck would go through something like that and continue to run? They're trying to break him right now. But he loves his country. And this is what has was happening during this period of time. The people had revolted. We're staying quiet. We're serving other gods. And look, look what it says. The ox knoweth his owner and the ass his master's crib. Now, some look at that verse and, and believe that it's, that it's messianic. And, and it can be. And I'll tell you why. The ox knoweth his owner. You know, when Jesus was born, he was surrounded by all of these animals. He was born in a manger. And the ass, the master's crib, that word crib, the Hebrew word for crib uh, means manger. So that's why they, they believe that it can be messianic. But Israel does not know my people doth not consider. Israel did not know Jesus. They had turned their face against him. But even if you don't look at it messianic, don't worry. It's not going to affect your salvation if you're already a Christian. But it's something to consider. But when we look at it, you know, to me, it makes a lot of sense. And let me tell you why. When I was growing up as a child, I grew up in a ranch, here in Escondido, it's now, there's a bunch of homes there. It was right next to Wild Animal Park, uh, known as, uh, yeah, Safari. And and what's really amazing about this is is my father would go around and in a tractor, and he'd have this these big giant hooks, and he'd grab the hay, and he'd put it on the ground for the cows. That The tractor would be pulling a little track, and the cows would immediately recognize him and they would come from all places because they knew that he was feeding them and that he was someone for them. And every so often they drive around um, with rifles to make sure that they would scare away the mountain lions and the coyotes that would come in and try to, you know, eat the cows, <laughs> eat the cows. And they also had goats at the time, some goats. But the ox knoweth its owner, of course, and the ass its master's crib the manger. But Israel does not know, my people did not consider. They did not consider. They were not keeping their eye on the prize, on God. Ah, oh, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evil doers, evil doers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have Provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. That is insane. The people had walked away from God. Most people will say, well, God would never talk like that to anybody. Look what it says. Seed of evil doers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord and provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone backward. Now, really Something amazing is Isaiah um, uses his, uses the Holy One of Israel 12 times from chapters 1 to 39 and 14 times in chapters 40 to 66. That's why we can believe that it's the same author. Isaiah was the same author. Now, what's really powerful is outside of Isaiah, 
Uh, the Holy One of Israel is only used six, six times in the entire Bible, in the Old Testament. So without a doubt, we can see that this book is phenomenal, and it only had one author. But again, the people had forsaken the Holy One. Look at us now. Look at us as a nation. You know, there are pockets of revival, and I believe that God is going to do something amazing this year. I believe that it's the year of the Lord. That doesn't mean that he's coming back tomorrow, next week, next month, in a year. It's just going to be a powerful year, but in the same time and in the same uh, uh, breath, we see people that are just walking away from the Lord and going backward. Just like Paul said uh, when he was writing to Timothy that in the last days— People would walk away. People would just want nothing to do with God. We are living in times that are just opening up like crazy right now. Why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faints. You get that? Why should you be stricken? Why should you be spanked anymore? Why should you be uh, exhorted anymore? Will you revolt? Will you revolt more and more? Will you even go more backwards? The head is sick and the whole heart faint. The head is sick. The whole head is sick. The whole body is sick. Everything you are doing is backwards. And listen, it isn't like there wasn't people that loved the Lord, but the majority of the people had turned their face away from God. They decided to do their own thing. The whole heart faint. They no longer were believing. They no longer were giving glory to the Holy One. From the sole of the foot, even onto their head, there is no soundness in it. You know, I like that verse, and let me tell you why I like that verse. You know, when we pray often, at least I know I do, and I've heard a lot of pastors say, we pray from the bottom of your feet to the top of your head that God would fill you. And that's my prayer right now, that God would fill you. But here we see Something opposite from the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it. There is nothing good but wounds and bruises. That simply means that they are stinking, that they are filled with sin and that you could literally smell the sin and putrefying sores. That means that their sores stink, their sin smelled they were nasty. They were so unwrapped in their sin. What's the difference now? I mean, look around. Look at California. This is my state. And even in Hawaii, how we've, as a, as a, a state or as states, walked away from God. And, you know, it's crazy to see that because there's churches almost on every street corner. Just like there is Starbucks, you think that there would be People yelling, yay, Jesus, yay, giving God glory to God, and, and that our nation would be changed, but it isn't like that. Our states are falling even into darker places. They have not been closed, neither bound or neither mollified with ointment. And, you know, we see this happening right now. Our wounds are not closed. We are not being healed. And... Even the ointment isn't enough for us. Even the anointing of God at times isn't sufficient because as a people, we want to do what we want to do. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence and is do desolate as overthrown by strangers. We're going to stop there and we'll pick it up in verse 8 next time we come around. But Isaiah is reproving the people and asking them to come back. America, come back. California, come back to Jesus. Hawaii, come back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. I'm going to have my beautiful daughter close us out in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for my dad interviewing me today. I pray that we all have a great rest of our day. Thank you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Miss Bella. I love you. We love you. 
if you are listening today, know that God can restore you. Know that God can heal you. Know that God can lift you up. Know that God can revive you right now. Right now, God can do all of that for you because he loves you. I love you. But more than that, God loves you even more. Believe God for the miraculous. Believe God for your healing. Believe God for your finances. Believe God for your marriages. Believe God for the restoration of your children or the revival of your children. Thank you for listening. And Isaiah is going to be incredible. Reach out to us. We love you. God bless you. And enjoy this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. Join Women of the Word answering the unasked questions on Monday at 5 p.m. on Rumble, YouTube, and all media platforms. Women of the Word is an alliance made up of a pastor's wife and ministry leaders who understand the unique challenges faced by women in these roles. Women of the Word ministry is aimed at supporting those in the community in a variety of ministerial roles, offering insights and practical tips according to the Word of God. Listen on your favorite media platforms on Monday at 5 p.m. and visit them at wotwministry.com. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 8th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now enrolling. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at thecrossoceanside.com. Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.